0: This is Ready Radio,
1: preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All
0: right, and it is Ready Radio, KLZ 560 on this fine Friday. We are a live show today after the New Year's or Christmas holidays are all over. January the 6th is today, so if you're listening to a best of or replay show You'll know what day it is that we're actually doing this. We've got a special guest joining us right now, Robert Spagnolo. Robert, welcome back. How are you, sir? How are you doing today? Good. Great having you. And I, as I said, welcome back. You've been on with us before. You do some things on your own. Plus, you are with EMP Shield as well. That is correct. So, let you know what? Let's start with EMP Shield. There's a link on the Ready-Radio website, folks, for all of you that are listening. If there's something you want to know uh, more about EMP Shield, we're going to talk about it, but you can always go right to the website, and that links up right to the EMP Shield website as well. But Robert, first off, whats uh, let's, let's even back up a little further. Why would we need an EMP Shield?
2: Well, all homes really should have a form of, of surge protection on them to begin with, and if you're going to put surge protection on your home, why not get the most robust, most um, intense one you can that's been certified up to all three portions of an EMP. That's most likely the largest type of surge you could ever possibly encounter.
0: Okay. So, and, and right, really quick, for, and for I always have to remind myself of this as well. Charlie tends to do this for me, but I tend to realize or tend to forget that we may have very you know brand new people listening to us. They've maybe never heard us before. They might be traveling through you know from holiday or whatever the case may be right now, Bobby. And the and the reality is, uh, some folks know what an EMP is. Others do not. Explain an EMP.
2: Sure, an EMP is an electromagnetic pulse. It is a very sudden burst of electricity electricity that is released either when a nuclear device is detonated or now, in today's world, with fifth-generation warfare, there are actual EMP weapons.
0: Okay. Uh, That one, uh, you know, you and I have talked about that or just, you know, touched on that briefly. Talk about the weapon side of it, because that's something I don't think most people know about the big EMPs and what we've talked about now for probably 20-plus years. Talk about the weaponry of that.
2: Uh, Essentially, it's a weapon that is generally space-mounted. That's that's the predominant
0: theory. And it
2: has the ability to create the burst of an electromagnetic pulse without the need to detonate a nuclear
0: weapon. And it's done in a way that, to your point, it could even be, if I'm not mistaken, Bobby, it can even be targeted over certain areas where if you want to just do this over North America, for example, you could target it in such a way to do that, right?
2: Yes, uh, there's a lot of mechanics behind how it works. It depends on where it's deployed, angle of deployment. There's a lot of nuance to that. But essentially, something is parked at a certain location over a country and it's detonated, whether it be a nuclear weapon or just a strategic EMP device.
0: And again, being you know kind of devil's advocate, you'd have to kind of sit back here and just ask the question out loud, knowing everything that's going on over in Ukraine with Russia, just knowing what the entire world right now is going through, how they look at things and so on. You kind of believe, Bobby, that that there's some nefarious types out there that are looking at this very closely and just really kind of sitting. And I'm I'm trying to scare anybody, by the way, but they've got to be just sort of sitting on the sidelines, just waiting for the opportunity to do something along these lines.
2: I think that there are certain actors who are. Um, I definitely think that the proxy nations that the large nations use would have no problem pushing the button. You know, North Korea, Syria, Iran. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Independent- I, thank you for
0: saying that. I I would also go to go as far as to say because of the world economy and the way that even we are so intertwined, intertwined, I should say, into all of that, we're not talking. Uh, you know, Germany or Russia or, you know, even China for that matter, Bobby, let's face it, those countries rely heavily, even Russia today, they still rely heavily on a lot of the things that, that we're doing. To your point, these are sort of those rogue nations we have to worry about.
2: I would think so. I don't think anyone in the larger developed nations actually is sitting behind their desk chomping at the bit to use this stuff. Nobody wants to clean that mess up. It's going to be the folks who have much less lose yep. and are much angrier because they've That's been right. worked up over time by the big nations.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing to remember along those lines, too, Bobby, to your point, they got to clean up the mess. And because we are such a powerhouse economically, if we fall, so do a lot of other nations. That's where a lot of these other nations aren't too hip on – uh, even though they probably there's probably even some actors inside of those nations that would love to, the powers that be know that's not in the best interest of that country. But to your point, you take some of these rogue nations, they don't care.
2: Right, they don't. And I think that you would even see EMP weapons that are non-nuclear in nature potentially used in, say, the Pacific theater. I don't think China would shy away as much as trying to hit an entire battle carrier group. The problem is, is if that's close to land, let's say the California coast would uh-huh. still be susceptible, Japan would be susceptible, South Korea would be susceptible, Australia.
0: Okay. The other thing I think we need to make sure we explain to people is this is not uh, an actual voltage type current that you're sending into you know homes and, and cars and things along those lines. Explain what an electronic, you know, what an electric magnetic pulse actually is.
2: Essentially, it's a sudden burst of energy that comes from that detonation or, or from the implementation of that weapon. And it basically frees ions from the atmosphere. And they come down and they're negatively charged, and they, and they basically flood everything.
0: It's, they're seeking uh, that positive large, charge, everywhere. right?
2: Correct. So it's, it's it's basically inundating everything. It's like a think of it as a giant electric blanket just coming down from the sky that's just over voltage to the point where it creates a massive amount of heat within your electrical systems and okay. it heats them up to the point of basically killing them and damaging them.
0: Right. And back to your product, EMP Shield. You guys have the ability to quote unquote disperse that. I guess would be the best way to say it. Right.
2: Uh, we shunt it directly to ground in the go. home units uh we shunt directly into ground and basically the device can look both directions. It looks into your home and it looks out into the net or I'm sorry into the yeah the electrical net the yeah the, uh, the grid.
0: The grid, yeah. And
2: when that over voltage starts to take place, the device begins clamping. And when that happens it's shunting all that over directly to ground.
0: I see. And essentially we're
2: just really, really fast and we can shunt quicker than the heat can build up to damage your product.
0: Again, it almost sounds too good to be true, but you guys have a product that has not only been tested, but as far as I know, because we've interviewed you guys in the past, Bobby, and again, I'm I'm an affiliate of yours, so I appreciate all of what you're doing. You guys, as far as I know, are the only device that does what it does, right?
2: Yes, we're the only device that's been tested to do what it does. There are some other products on the market, but none of them have been through the testing that we have.
0: And you guys have even done military-grade testing and things along those lines, right?
2: That is correct. In fact, the latest rounds of tests that have been done were done by Dr. William Radowski, who is the head of the U.S. was the head of the mm-hmm. U.S. EMP Commission for a very long time, uh, and now he owns Meditech Labs in California, and he tested all of our products. Okay, and they were certified with flying colors through him.
0: Okay, so there might be some folks out there listening that would say, okay, so what, there's an EMP strike, you know, maybe electricity goes down for a little while, but it'll come back, Bobby, why do I care? Because
2: if it comes back, you don't want to spend fifty grand to rewire your house. Your house will be protected, your wiring will never have that heat buildup that would cause it to fry everything in your home. The wiring itself is susceptible. Some of the largest bombs that the Russians detonated... It is theorized that the amount of induction of all that electricity could actually catch things on fire, wow, so if they 're going to bring it back up, which they will
0: yeah'll
2: uh, take you time want, though. You want to plug and play right back in
0: yeah yeah, and I think that's and that's something you and I will get into here as we go through uh, you know by the way, this is an hour show, ready radio, if you guys have never listened to us before we do this on a weekly basis, talk about really what we 're trying to do is get everybody to be, to be prepared for the what ifs of life. this is more of a sort of a large, uh, large-scale disaster. But, Bobby, we talk about things even that are just as local as you know, flooding and, and even blizzards, and even some things like we saw over this past Christmas, this Christmas holiday season, where we had people, right. literally, we had people, you know, I'm not trying to laugh at this, we had people that died in these last rounds of storms over the holidays because they just weren't prepared. We're trying to get people prepared.
2: Yeah, it was really bad. There was there were some places where folks didn't even see it coming. You know, they should have, but they didn't, and it just slapped some folks yep. hard.
0: So, we'll we'll get into some of that. We're right now focusing on sort of the EMP end of things. And again, I think the thing to to really remind people of Bobby and I, you I I'm sort of a junkie on this stuff. I like to read, and, and I've got an audible book right now, Total Power. I don't know if you've you've read it or heard about it, but reading that one. and That one's a little bit of a different take. It's not necessarily an EMP strike. It's actually a nefarious individual that's inside of the U.S. that uh, actually sort of hates the U.S. and wants to bring it down and yet knows more about the grid than anybody else does, and he succeeds in, in doing so. And so it doesn't have to just be an EMP strike. In this particular story, this gentleman figured out a way software-wise to go into all of the power stations, the the utility grid itself, if you would, the power grid itself, and overload it in such a way that it wiped out a lot of substations and so on. And as you know, Bobby, when those sorts of things happen, you know these are custom-made transformers and things that go into those substations. This stuff is just not ready on the shelf, and you go replace it tomorrow.
2: That's absolutely correct. In fact, there's a very good example of this that happened here in in Kansas where I'm at. Uh, There was a water pumping station up in the northeast side of the state that had, unknowns to us, purchased our product and put it on a pump station. It was a three-phase device. They got struck by lightning, and they didn't even know it happened until Mm. a week later. They were doing their biweekly check at the pump house, and the device was hanging off the wall. There were scorch marks up the cinder block where Mm. the device had been, and a sixty five thousand dollar pump was saved Wow, so I'm talking to this guy, and he said it would take right now with the shipping crisis that was happening at the time, and mm-hmm. it's still pretty much happening mm-hmm. now. It would have taken them you know six months to get a new pump.
0: Wow, yeah, great point. so again folks I, I think at times we sort of live in this, and I know that not all of our listeners do, Bobby we've got a lot of really sharp listeners, but uh, you know there are there are um, individuals out there that I think because of just the way the national media is like, and even our own government, FEMA, and so on, where they would say, oh, no, no, we, we'd be fine. We'd get things back up and running. We've got all the resources at hand. And, Bobby, we've seen enough natural disasters and things that have happened, even inside of FEMA, where you know, nothing could be farther from the truth.
2: 100% agree. I, uh, for about eight years, I worked for the U.S. House of Representatives, and I did FEMA casework specifically. And I actually had to work with that agency on several occasions, and... Look, man, uh, government agencies are government agencies with hourly employees with a yep. G.S. cap salary who hate their jobs. Yep. That's just the reality of it.
0: You're right. Had a listener just called in, by the way, and wants to know if there's any sort of complications with the new smart meters. Do they operate differently? Uh, they're a lower UL rating. How does that work with the EMP Shield, or does it make any difference?
2: It makes no difference for the units that go inside the houses. Uh, like I said, they're passive. They don't take any uh, any electricity to run it just plugs in and it's on the side
0: of your breaker box Um, so you're i mean not that we would not that we would advocate this but even if you're stealing power and have no meter these are still going to work right and if
2: you do it wrong you steal the you know if you hook your stuff up wrong and you dose yourself with an overage you know the the device will clamp and it will start shunting that as well
0: okay (laughs) so okay yeah. So bottom line this will work for those of you listening this will work with anything and again best way to find EMP shield just go right to our website ready hyphen dot radiocom so ready-radio.com. There's a link to EMP Shield right there. You go there, buy it. Yes, I I will tell you right now, we get a little bit of a reward for for advertising this and for talking about it, which, you know, Bobby, that's the agreement that we had, and I'm fine with that. There's no secrets there. Uh, I believe in the product. I wouldn't have it on the website if I didn't. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, enough said. I don't need to say any more about that. That's why we do it this way, and I believe in the product, and I want to continue to promote it for you guys. Right on. All right, so let's talk a little bit further about the the prepping end of things. You've got a sideline that you do as well that's that's sort of related to EMP Shield, but it's a different uh, offshoot, I guess you could say, Spags Unfiltered.
2: Uh, Spags Unfiltered is my YouTube channel, and I do some prepping on there, yes. Uh, I've been heavily involved in the prepping what's called the prepping world for a very, very, very
0: Which, long by the time. way, I, I hate days. that name, Bobby. It has this negative, now especially, this negative connotation uh-huh. that makes us sound like a bunch of, you know, anybody that's trying to be prepared for something in the future it makes us sound like a bunch of whack jobs, and it's nothing could be farther from the truth.
2: I agree. Nat Geo did us no favors with their stupid shows on TV. You're, exactly. You're absolutely right about that. But the fact of the matter is, I mean... We don't have to use that word. We can say preparedness. We can say homesteading. We can say freesteading. We can say all of that. It's all the same thing. It's what Grandma used to call Tuesday you know, there you half go. a century ago.
0: There you go. All right, so as we – I'm going to take a break here. Let me come back. I want to move into some of what folks should be looking at. And We just talked about what happened over the holidays even, and I look at that one especially, Bobby, and I just my, – my heart sinks because it's like, wait a minute, time out. We had how many people died when we live in the areas that we live in and you had more than enough ability to make sure that didn't happen. I, I just I'm flabbergasted, Bobby, that we we even had that event happen like that. I know it's crazy. So we'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Don't forget. I also need to put a plug in here for Stack Optical Allen Stack. In fact, I'm going to send my wife over there uh, here in the next couple of weeks. She needs to get some new eyeglasses, eye exam, and so on. So if you're somebody that's looking for just an eye exam, routine eye exam, you need to get your annual. Uh, your annual exam, go to Stack Optical. They've got a great doctor on staff that can do all that for you, and he is top-notch, I'll tell you that right now. On top of that, if you need anything done eyeglass-wise, that whether it's very ordinary or it's out of the ordinary, Stack Optical can do all that for you. Very few optometrists will give you the ability to custom-make a set of glasses to fit your lifestyle. What I mean by that is we're talking about being prepared. Well, for some of you, depending upon what you're doing and what activity you're in shooting, for example, you may need the ability to look through the scope and maybe you're like me. You need bifocals. You need to look through open sites at basically almost the same time. Uh, Alan can design a pair of glasses that will work for you in any of those conditions. And on top of that, make make like me, I've got a set of sunglasses that have interchangeable lenses where literally you can do whatever you want and have all of those with you at all times. Stack Optical, 303-321-1578. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local, family owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity.
1: Every month is the same. You see the balance on your power bill and you feel months worth of compounding anxiety around your cash flow, inflation, and now another electricity rate increase. The third part is to eventually get you into a place where you pay nothing for your electricity usage. Call Alan Davis at Solar Energy Partners now to learn more about how he can save you money on your power bill. Set up a consolation appointment today. 303-378-7537. 303-378-7537. Or visit klzradio.com slash sun.
0: All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening. We're here every Friday from 2 to 3 o'clock. Robert Spagnolo is with us, and EMP Shield is where he's uh, normally at, but also does some things on the side at Spags Unfiltered. And, And, Bobby, really quick, just recap the Spags Unfiltered again for folks that may have just joined us.
2: Sure. It's one of the many little side projects I have. Spags Unfiltered is my YouTube channel. Uh, fair warning to your audience. It's called SPAGs Unfiltered for a reason. I was Army for a very long time, and okay. I still talk like it when I'm not on the radio. <laughs> so, uh, just a fair warning there. But I get into prepping some philosophy, uh, some different things like that. Get into some, you know, news and events. Not much of that, but it's one of the areas in the preparedness space that I, that I, uh, tend to put my line out in.
0: All right, so as we were talking before we went to break about even what happened over the holidays and you know people passing away, which again i I just shake my head at that, Bobby there's so many resources that we have at our disposal, and I realize not everybody has has a lot of money, but you know you look at the ability to just do a few small, simple things to keep yourself ahead of of any any type of a of an event that would come, and it's like this to me doesn't seem. All that complicated. And, I re- and I'm and i trying to be sensitive because I know everybody comes from a different background. And I had I had a, a father that, you know, taught us how to be very prepared in any event. And I'm very thankful for that. And I, I know, Bobby, not everybody has that has that advantage, like what I don't know your background was. But, you know, I was raised that way and just taught from an early age how to, you know, how to build a fire, how to live in the woods, how to, you know, just how to fend for yourself, you know, no matter what the conditions are. And I know not everybody's had that opportunity yet. Living in the majority of the cities we've got, even small towns, there are so many resources currently at our disposal. How does anybody die in a snowstorm?
2: I'm really not sure, and I think that probably the the biggest culprit is just the information getting to the people who need to hear it. Okay. The information is there. It's free. True. In so many places. This is the age of Google and YouTube. True. There's literally nothing you can't learn or begin to learn for free. I think a lot of people, especially in the in the large urban centers, just don't know. They've never lived that life. They've never really – I mean, they, they can they can walk a block from their house and get on public transit. They can go to their window and turn on a window air conditioner. They can run right down in their high-rise apartment complex and go to a, a corner uh, shop that's got gas, food, and, and milk. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know, what to do other, you know they
0: don't know what to do otherwise. True. No, you, you just bring up a great point there. They're so used to the conveniences, I guess you could say, that when those disappear, it's a problem. And just so all of you listening know this, and I've talked about this before, but the statistics are, and I think these statistics are probably low, Bobby, they say that if we had a big EMP, powers out for any length of time at all, a third of the U.S. population is gone in 30 days. A third. I, That's 100 million I, yeah. people.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of people and within the first year it would be closer to 90%.
0: I think you're right. The longer that tarries the worse it gets.
2: It does. And and here's the honest truth, there's plenty of folks who consider themselves to be in our space in the prepper world who are going to be right there with them. But yeah, cuz
0: there's, cause there's things like and I don't know if you get out. into this on your your channel or not, but there's, you know, there's some basic things I think even sometimes preppers overlook and that would be things like not just food, water, shelter, guns, ammo, but Bobby, simple things like medications you take on a regular basis, you know, first aid. You know, what what happens if you get a cut that turns into an infection? You know, things along those lines. Those are things people forget about. You know, you you break a glass, you step on it, you now have a cut on your foot. You've got no ability to go to the emergency room because they're they're out, their power's out. Good luck on getting sewn up. You got to figure out how to deal with that.
2: Right, and basic sanitation. The two things I think most people don't really consider hardcore in this, in, in what we're discussing is. The trash trucks won't be running, That's right. and the water won't be coming out of the faucet. And That's right. If you don't have clean water and a legitimate way to get rid of your refuse, you will die.
0: Yeah, and and I talk about this all the time, but you're know, here in Colorado, I don't know what it's like where you're at, but here in Colorado, we have sort of a mixture of... You know, folks that are on municipal water and even municipal sewer. And then there's folks like myself where I've got municipal water, but I'm on septic. I also have a well on top of that. So I've kind of got the best of, I guess, all three worlds. But bottom line for me, I will always have the ability to get rid of waste.
2: Correct. And most people need to really look at that hardcore, especially if you're in an urban environment. Uh, You're going to have to reduce your waste. You're going to have to start recycling a lot of things you're not used to
0: recycling. Very true. And and here's the other question along those lines. How many people even have the tools at their disposal to even do the recycling? How many people, for example, Bobby, have an empty five-gallon bucket hanging around?
2: Uh, very few. And the ones who do generally use them for things around the house, right? They're not thinking of it in a different way that like what you and I would think about it for.
0: Right. And so again, folks, we're, we're talking about even some of the, and I've never even mentioned this, but some of the basic things that you need, and, and this is probably at the top of the list is four or five empty five gallon buckets. They can be used for all sorts of things, including what you just talked about, Bobby, retrieving water on down the line we go. But again, you look at how many people actually have one of those and I'll bet it's less than you think.
2: Yeah, it probably is. It's probably very low because, well, it, it's not shiny, it doesn't taste good, and it doesn't get you high at
0: night. Right, and for most people, you know, unless they're using it for a stepping stool, why do I need one?
2: I was a house painter for ten years, and I used a five gallon bucket just as much as a stepping stool as I did a ladder.
0: There you go. Well, and you <laughs> we use them all the time. I came out of the automotive repair world, and you know, kind of the same deal on my end. Milk crates and five gallon buckets. Before we had uh-huh. all these fancy sit down, you know, roll around, you know, carts that we now have. I mean, that's what we did back in the day. We had milk crates and five gallon buckets, and you'd put a towel on top of them at times if you had to sit there for any length of time. Uh, but you know, to you, to your point, those are things, and, and what we're trying to get people to think about. And you said this a moment ago, and I, I appreciate that. There's so much free information It's what we do here every Friday for an hour It's what's on the website It's what you're doing on your YouTube channel Reality is there's so much free information But it's like anything. It's like that old saying You can lead a horse to water But you can't make it drink We can get all this information out there, Bobby But if they're not listening, it does no good
2: Sure um, I would encourage your audience to go find Media outlets Where they can get this information There's plenty of them out there Um, Obviously, my YouTube is one small area, but there's some really cool projects, too, that we're working on here in the Midwest. We have what's called Freesteading. It's a brand-new social media platform that we started. (laughs) We own it. We run it. We pay for it. And it's for people in the homesteading and the preparedness circles, and there's a calendar of events on there. All of it's free, and it's an app now on both Apple and uh, Android. It's called Freesteading. Okay. And there's a calendar. We have an event here in the Midwest called the Midwest Preparedness Project, and I'm one of the directors that puts it on. And it's free to attend. And it's a five-day event. We put on classes all day Thursday afternoon, all day Friday, all day Saturday. We have a potluck. We have a big giveaway with lots of prizes from our sponsors. And you don't have to pay anything to attend this event. It's free.
0: And when is that? And where is it, Bobby?
2: Uh, the next one is going to be in the Lake Perry area up here in northeast Kansas. It's going to be, I believe, April the weekend of April 26th, whatever that weekend is. I'd have to pull my calendar up to look. Okay. Um, but it's, I believe, the fourth week in April, and it starts on Wednesday, and it goes through Sunday.
0: All right, so here's the deal also I need from you as we get a little closer to that. And, I mean closer probably one of those things or even you know like once a month i need to have you on and just start mentioning that so we can get people again you guys are not that far we've got people here that could drive there very very easily that's an easy quick trip and again one of those things where if it's a free event why not send as many people as we can
2: Oh, absolutely. You guys in your area, um, that's how I learned about you, was through Sherry. Right. Uh, you guys had the, uh, the stand-up event there, the Self-Alliance Expo. We were there as vendors, and we were we came from where we were out to Kiowa, Colorado. It was one of the best events we've seen.
0: Nice. So those of you listening, we will talk more about these events as they come up throughout the year. Yes, we have some locally, but even some of these that are close enough where you could, you know, hop in the car and drive, make a little road trip out of it. You know, why not? Okay, wait, real quick, Freesteading, where does that name come from?
2: Uh, It comes from the idea of becoming as free as you can and homesteading merged. Uh, One of the guys who pretty much spearheads it, he also has a YouTube channel called Life Done Free. He goes by the handle of TAG, and his whole mantra is become freer today than you were yesterday. Remove the thumbs in society that are over you. You know, he talks about solar. He talks about rainwater. His whole house is off-grid. He doesn't even have an address. Nice. Nice. Um, and he talks about this stuff constantly on that channel and he's one of the brains behind the freesteading movement. Okay. Um and him and I him and I work together on a lot of other projects too, like the Midwest preparedness and all that.
0: What do you feel like when we start talking about even folks that are sort of if you would, you know, I guess let's let's sort of uh, break these down. You've got the senior freesteader. Homesteader, prepper, whatever you want to call them, they've kind of thought through everything. We've also got maybe that person that's sort of in the middle. They thought about some things. They've got some extra water, some extra food, some things along those lines, but they've really never, you know, thought about this all the way through. And then we've got that person that maybe's never even thought about it at all. They've listened to us a few times. And they're thinking, yeah, you know, I probably should do something. What do you feel? Even among all three of those groups, is still some of the basic things they all three forget when it comes to what we're talking about.
2: Um, I would say at the top of that list is feminine hygiene products. Uh, Uh, I've, I've attended expos across the country. I've spoken at expos across the country and one, I have only seen a handful of female instructors get up in front of a crowd and discuss female anatomy and hygiene in a uh, world without
0: resupply. uh, Good point. You know what? And that is, yeah, yeah, I can see that that on all three levels. levels. Yes. Big one. Big one.
2: So feminine hygiene for sure. Um, and this one's going to surprise you, but it's true, weapon magazines. Yeah, everyone has six magazines for their rifle, and they might have two or three magazines for your pistol. But if things get as bad as you think they are, you're not policing your magazines up. You're shooting, you're running, things are going to fumble, you're going to be scared. Even the most ardent army guys like myself are going to fumble. You're going to lose magazines just as quickly as you do bullets, and if you only have ten magazines for your rifle, well, within two engagements, you're done shooting.
0: Mm, Good point. Great point. So that's another big one for all three of those groups. I'm going to go back really quick to the feminine hygiene as well, because I learned this from my my military son like you, which most people don't think about this. But everybody, myself included, in fact, I, I probably need to get this handled sooner than later. Uh, every one of us should have a stock of tampons, no matter whether you're a female or a male, because those tampons, even when it comes to the medical end of things, Bobby, become very, very handy if anything happens, bullet wounds, et cetera.
2: Yes, they can. They can be used for a lot of things.
0: And, and we, again, we kind of tend to forget that some of these devices are dual purpose, but to your point, how much? I mean, everybody's got toilet paper, but that's not enough for certain sexes.
2: No. No, it's not enough for certain sexes, um, and it's not going to be adequate. In fact, in a world without running water, toilet paper can actually become
0: hazardous to women. Oh, good point.
2: Fr- friction is friction is friction, and micro tears lead to infection. Good point. And that's just the dirty truth of it.
0: Yeah, which means that, you know, for, for a lot of you listening, this, you know, and again, there's a list of these things out there. Uh, you know, Bobby talks about this stuff regularly. We do as well. But this is where having some of the other hygiene, non-water, you know, you don't need water, but some of the other hygiene products that are out there. The thing you got to be careful of with those, Bobby, is making sure that you're date stamping those and looking at them because over time they can dry out
2: correct. Uh, everything in your inventory should be stored in such a way where you know where it came from, how old it is, and how much use it has. I have, I'm a big fan of Sawyer Mini um, products for your water filtration. Mm. It's, it's, in my opinion, the best backpack one you can buy. But I, and each one is rated for you know, a, a, an astronomically high amount of water. I think it's like 100,000 gallons it says it can treat if you back flush it regularly. So let's cut that in half to be realistic because not everyone's going to do that. What if you lose one? What if you drop one? You know, I have 12 of these things in a wall walker. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right. I have one in every bag. Right.
0: You know, you, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I have some similar devices to that. And then, of course, the other thing folks forget about is just, you know, basics like, you know, batteries and making sure you've got the ability. I mean, you, a lot of you might have rechargeable flashlights. That's all fine and dandy until you don't have any power to recharge it with, Bobby.
2: Right, exactly. I'm actually not a huge fan of gimmick stuff and to me most of your rechargeable products are gimmicky.
0: Yeah. Uh, it
2: requires a wall outlet or you have to sit there and shake it for 10 minutes and even that that's kinetic energy, right? You're having whatever you're shaking right, you're rattling around. It's going to wear out faster.
0: That's true. Um, yeah, and just and by the and way, you know, and, and most people part. know this, the shelf life of You know, a pack of Duracell batteries, you know, is very, very long to your point. Make sure you're rotating those out. But again, Bobby, how many people even have an extra 9-volt battery when the uh, smoke alarm starts chirping at 2 a.m., which is the only time they ever go off? How many people actually have the ability to actually go grab a new one and put it in at 2 a.m.?
2: Almost nobody has a 9-volt or a C battery anywhere in their house.
0: Right. Right. It's,
2: it's not a double a AAA, a, or uh, a watch battery, they probably don't have extras.
0: Speaking of, I learned something the other day. I didn't know this, and maybe you didn't, or you probably do. You're a sharp enough guy. I did not know this, but a 9-volt battery has six little mini AAAs in it. They're not the exact same size as a AAA, but they will take, in most devices, they will replace a AAA if need be. So if worse came to worse, and you needed some AAAs, and you've got a 9-volt battery, you have six of them inside of it.
2: Correct, and there are a multitude of videos on YouTube showing you exactly how to do
0: it. That's right, and folks, not hard. I mean, some of the things that we're talking about here, again, get on YouTube. You don't have to be super mechanically inclined to do these things. If you can run a set of side cutters or even scissors, for that matter, Bob, you could do the things we're talking about, and it's not that difficult. And again, you're talking DC voltage. Even if you cross the terminals over for a second or two, it's not going to hurt anything. You know, this isn't like the wall outlet in your house. Correct. So, again, and there's a lot of little tricks along those lines as well, folks, to where, again, you start looking at some of this and think, okay, what what has I And, mean, you know, something probably, you know, Bobby, you and I should put together for a future show is just what multi-purpose items are there? We just talked about 9-volt batteries and tampons, of all things. I mean, how many other items have more than one purpose?
2: Uh, trash bags.
0: Yeah, good one.
2: Trash bags have a million. Uh, wool blankets. Yeah. actual real wool blankets, not just the crappy moving ones that you get from the back of a U-Haul. Those moving blankets Those from are the wool
0: are amazing. Yeah, cuz people forget wool will keep you warm even when it's wet. Even when it's wet. Yep. People forget that. Well, actually I shouldn't say people forget it. Bobby, some people never, some people out there, especially if you're younger, probably don't even know that.
2: Correct. And you can also take them and put them over your your windows for insulation. True. You know. True. Keep keep sheep alive. Yeah, the you know, that's the other thing about it. Containers.
0: You know, to your point, when the power is out, and folks forget this, that you know, well, I've got I've got my my furnace, where right? I can turn my gas stove on and I can hand light it. Okay, well, the natural gas, depending upon how long we have as a power outage, Bobby, that natural gas is being pumped, and it's only going to run for a certain amount of time. I realize some of those run, you know, some of the generation stations run off the natural gas that's coming out, but you also know that they inject, you know, some other things into that, the smell and so on. Bottom line, you know, and I don't know that anybody has an answer to this, how long will the natural gas flow once there's a power outage?
2: I think you can realistically, in non-hydro areas, think maybe seven days. Okay. I think in a high draw area like this, like the city, if there even is natural gas in a lot of places in these larger urban centers, probably not even a few hours.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
2: Especially in the winter, because everyone's going to panic and turn that True. stuff on.
0: True. No, you know the other thing I've always talked about as well, Bobby, and this is. Uh I don't think I'm far off on this. If you look at some of the nefarious characters that are out there and what they would like to do to the U.S., they're not going to plan one of these events on the nicest, sunniest, beautiful spring or fall day there is. They're going to do this even, either in the very, very heat of summer or in the very, very dead of winter because that's the most taxing times of the year.
2: Yes, and every tyrant in the history of the world has used a combination of cold and hungry to control their
0: people. There you go. So bottom bottom line you, we sort of, how should I say this? I'm not saying that those are the only times we would ever have a problem, but I think those are the times to be on the most alert. Does that make sense?
2: Yes. If you plan for the absolute worst case scenario, everything that's lesser than that will naturally take care
0: of itself. Okay. Other things you feel get missed on a regular basis outside of feminine hygiene.
2: Um, certain medical products. Every there are, People are starting to wake up to their prescriptions, that so they mm-hmm. need to put prescription stuff back. But how many people put back Amodium
0: AD? Mm, good point. How many
2: people put back Tums? Things for heartburn, indigestion, diarrhea, the things that will dehydrate you and absolutely knock you out of the fight.
0: Right. Antibiotics, even. That's another one that I don't think most people think about.
2: Correct. Most people just think about the uh, uh, prescription that they have.
0: Right. They don't think about sort of that, quote-unquote, generic uh, prescription whereby you get an infection. Okay, what do you do? If you don't have antibiotics on hand, that could be life-ending.
2: It can be. Um, How many people think about prophylactics? Oh, Just because the world has gone to hell doesn't mean that people aren't going to have natural inclinations. And unless you know how to deliver somebody with the grid down at your house, you might want to take steps where if you do engage, that certain outcomes don't take place.
0: Okay. How big should a first aid kit be? Because, you know, you can get to the point where you're running around with a mini ambulance, which I'm not saying you need to do, but I also know the little, you know, two-by-two box isn't going to be enough.
2: No, I tell people generally that if you can go online and look up an IFAC, I-F-A-K, it's what the military puts on every infantryman, essentially, at this point, and it has just a basic first aid kit with things like uh, pressure dressing, you know, some uh, ointment, uh, a tourniquet. A field dressing, quick clot, things like that. If you can do that and you have that in your car or in your go bag or in your everyday carry bag, you're good. As far as medical supplies in your basement, there's no such thing as a limit.
0: Okay. So as as much as you can have, right? As much as you can
2: have because if we're talking about a world without resupply, you don't have Walgreens anymore.
0: True. Yeah, I mean, even that pack of Band-Aids that you think, oh, it's not a big deal. I'll just run and get another one. Uh, Once that pack of Band-Aids is gone, if you don't have another one on the shelf, what's left?
2: it's gone. And also consider barter. Your neighbor might not have thought about the same thing you did. And yep. maybe you're friends with them and maybe they need something and maybe they have something you need.
0: So you're going to, you're going to think that I'm a nut job, but because I, and the bartering thing is a big deal to me, and I've sort of bartered my whole life. I am not a smoker, but every time I go to Mexico and I come back through duty free, I buy a carton of cigarettes because I always figured if the end of the world comes, those are good bartering tools.
2: Uh, agree. There was a guy back in the day, he started what was online back in the 90s, when online was first starting. He had what was called the survival boards. The guy's handle was, I think, Sadelko is what he went by online, but okay. he was a survivor of the Bosnian War from oh. the mid-90s. Okay, And he said that when things got really bad very quickly, there were three things that people bartered for instantly and the most ferociously, and it was cigarettes alcohol and the ability to make fire there you go so big lighters airport air, are the airport little popper bottles of booze and mm-hmm. cigarettes yeah put it back
0: okay um, i'm gonna keep adding to that the other thing that i think will be a good barter tool if something like this were to happen and again i'm not saying that it is but again these are fairly easy to start stocking especially if you look for the right sales and do it at the right time i also think the other big barter tool bobby is going to be 22 ammo
2: I think twenty two and twelve gauge are your, are going to be your most vulnerable yeah. yes.
0: It's not gonna be folks .223, millimeter and all that because when you're looking to shoot small game and sort of keep things at a minimum, you know, you're gonna be using a twenty two for the most part. You're you're not using your big guns for that stuff.
2: Right. I look at the uh five five six, two, two, three, the nine, forty, forty five, that's I mean, for all intents and purposes at that point that's gonna be your defense combat ammo Correct. And you don't wanna trade that away.
0: That's right. Yeah, you're gonna keep that, but you know, sh- trading off a you know, a few shells here and there of twenty-two, depending upon how much inventory you have. And, again, that goes back to your point earlier. What do you have? Now, one thing about ammo that's really nice, you don't have to put a date on it, Bobby. That stuff will last literally forever if it's stored in a nice, dry place.
2: Correct. And make sure you get ammo cans with the gaskets. You can still get them at Walmart, surprisingly enough. I oh. think they're about 14 bucks these days. Okay. Just make sure the ammo can has that gasket in the lid. That way you can make sure it's at least watertight and airtight.
0: Yeah, we, we get really lucky here in Colorado, as you know. We don't really have any humidity or anything. So we're actually very, very fortunate along those lines. I mean, I've <laughs> seen ammo here that's, you know, 30, 40, even 50 years old where you pull it out and it's like, wait a minute, how old is this stuff? It looks stinking brand new. <laughs> yep. It, but but again, crazy, especially it? for those of you that are in some of those more humid climates, which in our, you know, even in our listening audience, Bobby, we've got places in Nebraska, Kansas, areas like that where the humidity is much larger than it is along the front range here. Very, very, very good point, by the way
2: yeah it's it's amazing how just a little bit of a boundary between where you're at and i am it's not that far no, it's, probably it's not eight to ten hours, but we are super humid in kansas yeah so you you are, are just the
0: opposite adaptation. of us I mean on a good day here we've got twenty five thirty percent and you'll be eighty plus
2: yeah, it's, it's pretty miserable.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just waiting Anyways, good, good point. Yeah, so for those of you listening, that's a good one. What? Okay, last 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 question, and I'll let you go. I appreciate all your time. One last thing that you think people overlook, even some of those seasoned you know, preppers that are out there. I mean, again, we, we've talked about food, first aid, all those different things. Uh, what do you think is another item people just tend to forget, even the seasoned guys?
2: Um, ooh, that's a tough one at that point. Um, I'm going to say alternative fuels. Everyone talks about it, but the Mm. price tag, when you first Google these things, becomes astronomically intimidating to a lot of people, and they don't dig down that well and find that there are other ways to have alternative fuel sources that don't require a lot of money. How many people have, you know, those little Sterno camping stoves? Right. You can go to Walmart and get a six-pack of sternal fuel for, like, $6. You can sit there and light that, and it'll burn for literally 10 hours.
0: Right, and How heat. many
2: people have those?
0: Yeah, and heat at the same time. Great, you know, great point. And have very little fumes coming off of them, by the way. the way. I don't know how they do that, but they've got very little fumes to them.
2: Yeah, very almost no fumes. It's pretty, it's pretty clean. I would be comfortable burning it in my basement in an yeah. emergency.
0: One of the things, and I think even some of the Seasons guys forget this, and I talked about it earlier because I've got a great sponsor who really is kind of dialed in on this end of things and is kind of a prepper – like you and I are, but that's the whole eyeglass thing. I mean, if you're a contact wearer like myself, how many do you have? Do you have prescription glasses that are up to date? Where if you lost your contacts, you still can see? Do you have the right sunglass You know, eyewear to where if you're now, you know, you've had to bug out because things in town just aren't good. You know, what do you have in that in that area? Because let's face it, Bobby, if you can't see, what good does it do you? Right, and
2: that means you should also be stocking up on saline.
0: Oh, good point. Yeah, and I do, by the way. That's one thing that I've always. Done a good job of personally, and I try to keep about a six-month supply of contacts. But again, even my world, okay, six months, okay, great. What happens after six months? Because I'm not getting contacts at that point if we have a long extended power outage.
2: Right. Exactly. You're, yeah, you're, eyes are important.
0: You're not gonna, yeah, because if you don't, if you can't see what what I mean, especially when you start talking about hunting and you know gathering and doing things on down the road, which by the way, everybody's going to be doing because you're you're not having Amazon trucks deliver stuff to you on a daily basis anymore, Bobby. Right. The other yeah, thing, and, and we, we can get into this sure. a later date, is sort of my forte is the whole vehicle end of things. And you guys have a product. I want to mention that really quick, EMP Shield. Uh, you guys have products that will even uh, harden, if you would, a vehicle. So that's something else for a lot of you listening to think about because uh, having a vehicle and making sure that it's runnable, because uh, if you don't have that basic mode of transportation, and again, an EMP strike, I'm one that believes Bobby, and I could be, I know I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I know enough about the electronics in most of these modern vehicles. I would doubt seriously if most of them run.
2: No, um, almost, in fact, all of your modern vehicles will shut down unless they're hardened. And we do have products, we just launched a brand new one called the Micro. It's the same as the 12-volt model, so that's for your vehicle now. But it's scaled down. It's about, I think, I want to say it's like 70% smaller, but it's the same technology and it's for compact cars, motorcycles, UTVs, mm. uh, generators. Anything that's a 12 volt system that the standard 12 volt may be a little too big for, we now have a smaller version
0: which again folks for those of you looking at EMP shields what I would say to do bobby is to really categorize those things make sure that you know you, you don't want, I'm not telling you got to outfit everything but you need to outfit those things that if you knew something like this happened that's the item you want running no matter what that's the one you should outfit
2: i agree and we tell people a lot of times to start with we suggest starting with your vehicle because when's the last time you you walked 50 miles home
0: no one does no one does.
2: Most people couldn't walk five miles home.
0: Correct. Nonetheless, alone. fifty. And it, That's right. And
2: this is going to happen when you don't expect it. That's right. So you're going to be somewhere else.
0: Yep. And if you don't have the ability to get home, it's a problem. Keep in mind, everybody else, you know, just getting through a freeway if you're on one is going to be difficult enough, Bobby. Yes. So, Bobby, I appreciate it. Really quick, what's the Spags unfiltered? You just go to YouTube and type that in. Is that the best way to do it? Yep.
2: Yep, just go to Spags Unfiltered on YouTube. Uh, Midwest Preparedness Project can be found on MeWe and Facebook uh, and on Freesteading, of course. Go to Freesteading. These are all places you can go get free information. Okay. Um... Get a hold of me by email if you want to. You can find it on my YouTube. And if you have a show that's coming up, if you're in this listening area and you have a preparedness show of some sort, get a hold of me. I'll help you advertise awesome. it on, that, on, that, on, on all this stuff.
0: Awesome. Robert, appreciate it very much. We'll have you back. Robert Spagnolo. Thanks again. EMP Shield. That link also is on our website, ready-radio.com. Bobby, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. We'll have you back here soon. Thanks so much, John. You You bet. Have a great one. Really appreciate him joining us today. Great resource, as you can tell. Watch his YouTube channel, and don't forget to go to EMP Shield right off of our website. This is Ready Radio.
3: We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference.
0: In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening today, and appreciate all of our sponsors as well. And, and I should mention that there's a lot of our sponsors that tie into the things that we talk about here on a regular basis. Of course, I mentioned Alan Stack at Stack Optical a little bit earlier. Don't forget also Solar Energy Partners, Alan Davis, where we talked to Robert a moment ago about some of the off-grid you know, power choices and so on. And I don't know that people really... Know this, but Allen at Solar Energy can set that up for you, because most people don't understand that when you've got solar, most people just assume that, oh, I've got solar, power goes out, I'm good to go. I've got these panels up above. Not so fast. They put a device on that system so that it will, in the, in the case of a loss of power, the grid goes down, those, those uh, panels will not feed Back into the grid, because if they were and somebody's working on the grid nearby, things along those lines, you know, we we could, you know, we could, you know, damage different things, people and so on. So safety wise, they don't allow you to do that and makes total sense. So what you have to have is some sort of a backup system whereby when the power goes out and you want to live off of your own solar panels, you need some battery backup or something to that effect, whereby when the power is off, you still got the ability to use that system. That's some of the stuff that actually, you know, Alan can walk you through and explain how that works. The best thing to do is just call him directly, have him out, analyze your home, your needs, what are you looking at, and so on. Uh, his number, 303-378-7537. But all of that, of course, is listed on our website, ready-radio.com. So, you know, I think a lot of things that Robert said very, very, uh, you know, cut right to the heart. And some of the things he talked about, even for seasoned preppers, I guess you could say, folks that have really thought through this. He mentioned several items that even a lot of seasoned folks just forget about. They don't realize that, oh, that's something I really should be thinking about, whether it be first aid, whether it be their drugs, whether it be feminine hygiene products, even bartering items. Uh, keep in mind, if we have some sort of a total you know, meltdown catastrophe, everything becomes something of value, especially things that are... Needed some of the things your luxury items. No offense, your uh, Louis Vuitton purse, no value. Not going to do you any good in this particular situation. Uh But a 22 ammo will, as I said earlier, even cigarettes, band-aids, just some of the small things that we take for granted. I, I Robert mentioned lighters. I really didn't think about that, but having even you know having a stack of of lighters kicking around, you know, some of those uh, long stick lighters where people need fire. Again, another great bartering tool. Some of these things are very inexpensive, especially if you buy them in any kind of a bulk, and a lot of places will have those on sale at different times, especially now. We've gone through Christmas. People buy those things for lighting candles and all that around the holidays. You're likely to find some of these items, especially the lighters, this time of the year because stores have stocked up for those things. What didn't sell gets discounted. They got to make room for new things. And away you go. I bought some items the other day at a store that I will not mention. It was normally, it was a product that I use quite a bit around my house, normally $27 a gallon. $27 a gallon. I paid $2.70 a gallon. Move the decimal point over one. That's what I paid. So I pretty much bought all that they had. Why? Because it's items I use, I could buy it at a cheap price, I've got the ability to store it. Those are the kinds of things that you need to be looking at as well. So don't forget, go to the website, ready-radio.com. All of our sponsors are there. If you use one of them, please, please, please tell them that you heard them here. It's very important to them and me as well. Myself, Charlie Grimes, signing off. Ready-radio.com is the website. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560.